Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. A lot of things to get to. I love all these guys declaring for the draft when they were on a bad team. Let me give you a basketball expression for you. Every bad team has a leading scorer. What's that mean? That means that just because you're scoring a lot of points doesn't mean that you're fooling people in terms of are you a player that's actually going to help somebody else win? That's a big question. And that's how I want to get into the 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 discussion with Daniel Jeremiah. Daniel Jeremiah, of course, covers the NFL draft, has for years for the NFL Network. He's their lead draft analyst. He also has the Move the Sticks podcast. He and Bucky Brooks, it's oh, it's it's just the most delightful football sandwich you can download. Plus, he's the color analyst for the Chargers Radio Network. Let's start with the Deshaun Watson contract. Um, I got to tell you, I agree with Steve Bashotti. I, I said this is the most this is the riskiest contract ever, but more than anything, like but five years guaranteed? Even forget even if you could forget, and you can't, the twenty two civil cases, he's had two ACLs, right? He's had two ACLs. And here's the guy, it's not like he's bereft of money. He got three years paid up front for a contract he never even played under in Houston. W- what is Cleveland doing here? Well, I think, first of all, Doug, you start with the fact, you know, that's a good lesson in life, right? You might as well ask for it. They, they might. They oh, might yeah, no question. That. Yeah. So so that's the first takeaway there. Um, and then, you know, from the Brown standpoint, I think, you know, I, I, I thought going into the end of the process that it looked like it was going to be, you know, obviously it was thinking Atlanta to go, go home or New Orleans because they have the best roster. Um, those were kind of the top two teams. It felt to me like, they just made the decision we're going to go, you know, so rich and so above and beyond that uh, that we're going to win this, you know. So that that was kind of my takeaway. But yeah, that's with that with that many years, it, it's the guaranteed dollars. It's a it's a huge risk. But I think, it, you know, for an, for an organization that's never never in their history, I guess you go back to Otto Graham, have they had a, a quarterback with this much ability? So you know, all the off the field stuff, all the risk. I understand all that, but I'm just trying to. No, no, I got it. And, and, and they're probably they and they're probably it. thinking the time is the probably thinking the time is now. Pittsburgh doesn't have a quarterback. Yeah. Okay, Ravens. Uh, it, that one could go either way. Great organization, ton of injuries last year, but I, I don't know where, where they go. And Cincinnati is great, but let's see if they can sustain it. Right? They they seem to be mm-hmm. doing all the right things and getting him an offensive line, but let's let's see if they sustain it. And they probably think like, look, now is the time to go for it. There's never going to be opportunity to get a refined top five, top 10 quarterback at this point in his career, like there is now, but man, they sure, they sure went to the mattresses for it. Um, Okay. So what does it do to Lamar? Obviously Lamar Jackson has been like, all right, the number starts at, you know, one year more, right. At two fifty four for five years. But do the Ravens acquiesce to that? You know, I don't think that they, I don't think they will do that. You know, that's just, just my opinion um 
you know, I, this is going to be a contract that everybody's going to try and, and trade off of. If you're an agent, you're going to try and work off this contract and work off this number, and you're going to have every team is going to say, no, this is an aberration. This is uh, an exception. We're not going to even acknowledge it, which is going to lead to uh, it's going to lead to some interesting negotiations because I. You know, it's one thing everybody said, okay, this is going to open up the floodgates. Well, it's not going to open up the floodgates in, until the next team agrees to it. Um, and I think that there's going to be some, you know, there's going to be some thought there that, hey, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to make this the new precedent. So that it's going to be fascinating because I'm sure, like you said, that's what Lamar's going to ask for. Um, I, I just don't necessarily see the Ravens doing that. Yeah, uh, which, will, which will be interesting. Um, okay, what happens – with Baker, they try and it feels like they're going to have to do a Sam Bradford, right? Hold on to him and put him in bubble wrap and then hope somebody, if somebody gets hurt and is desperate, they need somebody. That's kind of where they are. Or you can kind of get through the draft, you know, and, and see on the other side of the draft, maybe some teams thought they were going to be able to get somebody there and, and they didn't like who they got. And that, that changes things. But um, yeah, I mean, I think we're kind of heading towards that uncomfortable uh, moment where he's, He's on the team, but not on the team. You know, we've seen that a, a few times over the last few years. That, that seems like we're headed towards a similar situation. Garoppolo, same thing, or does he actually play for the Niners? Well, you know, I don't, I don't know there's any market for him right now outside, and I get what Kyle Shanahan was saying the other day, which was, you know, he has value to us. It's not like he has these negative value player that we just would dump. Uh, we're not going to give him away. So I would say the most likely scenario at this point in time is that that you know he's back and rehabbing and and competing for his old job. I mean, I, I just don't know who else is going to get in on that. I don't. I don't either. I mean, Houston. I think they like their kind of cheaper option. I don't feel like Seattle's doing business there. Um, I don't know. Does Detroit like either one of them more than they like Jared Goff? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. I, I, that 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 part. What about Carolina? Does Carolina give Sam Darnold another shot? Yeah, and Carolina, I could see Carolina doing it if they could get them to eat some of the money. You know, there's no way with Sam on his fifth-year option and Baker making what he's making. I just can't see them swallowing both those numbers. Uh, but I have been thinking they're going to bring in somebody else at the quarterback position. They just haven't done it. So um, that one I could see. I wouldn't totally close the book on that one. But uh, at this point in time, as we sit here at March 30th, I think the uh, I think the Panthers are – the team that I would label the most likely to take a quarterback in round one right now. What 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 do you think the Packers' plan is for wide receiver? Well, I, I mean, they would have to go against their their type, right? To to use these first round picks on receivers. Historically, they've just never done that, and they've had success of finding guys, including the one they just traded. Uh, so. That would history would tell you they won't do that. I I gotta believe one of these two picks is going to be a, a wide out. I, I would be very surprised if they didn't use you know, one of those late ones to bring in somebody that can play right away. So that that would be my uh, my guess. They've been such a you know kind of a a solo driven passing attack where so much of the you know the targets they all went to to one guy. I think they're going to have to play differently, and I think that it's going to be kind of a collection of guys to absorb all those targets. And I, I would think that they draft multiples, whether or not that's, you know, their first two picks or not. I would be shocked if they didn't use a couple early picks in this draft on White House. Okay. Um, what do you think the plan is? The plan is for the Kansas City Chiefs losing Tyreek Hill. Like, 
do you just go with what you got now? And Marcus Valdez Scantling is is that is that enough at wide receiver considering the game breaker that they lost? Yeah, I'm, you know Andy Reid has, has made a career of being a little bit ahead of the curve. So I mean, this one didn't make a lot of sense to me. You know, with the decision to move on from Tyree Kill, if you'd have told me, you know, Orlando Brown or left tackle who they franchise tag, uh, that that franchise number I think ate up a lot of the the budget. So. If you'd have told me you have the option of just let Orlando Brown walk, I know it's a left tackle, um, but you take your chances with the tackle you draft at the end of the first round and keep Tyreek Hill, uh, or do you, you let uh, you know you let Tyreek walk and try and find a replacement for him? I, I just think he's a one of one. I don't think you can find another Tyreek Hill. So my question then is, or my expectation I should say, is that Andy's got some creative alternative to what they've had. I don't think he goes out and just tries to draft the fastest guy and he's going to plug him into that exact same role. Um, you know, they went out and got Marquez Valdez Scantling to, to plug him in. But is you know, if Andy Reid went out and drafted a couple tight ends and decided he wanted to play with two and three tight ends and just kind of switch it up, I, I, it wouldn't shock me at all. Um, okay, so what does that do to them in this division? Because as you and I have talked on air and off air, like the whole thing with playing the Chiefs is – they got two weapons, and you add in Mahomes, and that's three. But you got two guys that you feel like eventually they're going to make a play. And you have to – I mean, I don't care what they do. You take away – doesn't that completely change how we look at the Chiefs? It does It does for me, and that's why I think it, it, it's got, they're going to have to morph and do something different. But, you know, you had two two ways to go against the Chiefs. You could choose sudden death, which was Tyree Kill, or you could, you know, bleed out with, uh, with Kelsey. Um, that's how they, they got you. And – Everybody started their game plan, and you saw it last year with all the two high safety stuff that they saw. They, they had their choice in that, and they said, I'd rather die slowly um, and, and, uh, and try and take away Tyree Kill. And now you don't necessarily have to do that, which is going to send a lot more attention Kelsey's way. It's going to be, it's going to have to look different, you know. But they also got late in the season when they needed to, you know, produce points against that look that they, that they were seeing, and they, they couldn't finish drives because they weren't able to have those three- and four-play drives. They were having to grind it out. And so that's why I wouldn't be surprised if you saw them, you know, maybe add another tight end, maybe add a bigger receiver. You know, Mahomes is going to make plays no matter who's out there. But I think it could look a little bit different. I just don't see it being the same look that we've seen over the last few years with Tyree Hill. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Trader. That's the voice of, of Daniel Jeremiah. All right, so this is not a great quarterback draft. Hey, but – as we've seen in the NFL, there's a couple other positions which maybe not the same in terms of importance, but close. Okay, uh, the ability to rush the passer is paramount if you want to be successful. Who are the? If you who is is there a Joey Bosa? Is there a Nick Bosa? Is there a is there a Chase Young in this draft? I don't think that there is, but I think there's a bunch of really good players. Um, and to me, that kind of starts with Aiden Hutchinson. You know, I, he's to me the best player in the draft. He's not quite as as dynamic, I would say, as some of those guys you just mentioned. But I think he's got a chance to be a really, really good player. Meaning, you know, put numbers on it. I think he's got a chance to be that, you know, 11, 12, 12 and a half sack guy consistently. Um, is he going to post 18, 19? I don't think so. Um, but I think he's really good. And then, you know, right behind him, you've got Trayvon Walker, who maybe has more upside there. Um, but you, you're betting a little bit on the come there, and you're betting on, uh, you know, him continuing to develop. There was a story out of New England that Tom Brady wanted to get to Miami. Is there any validity to that? 
You know, I haven't I haven't heard that any any uh, anywhere in terms of talking to folks around the league, other than that little thing that showed up on social media. I'm sure we probably saw the same thing that you're referencing here. But I, you know, we talk to people all the time, and it never once came up in a conversation from anybody that I talked to in the league that that was uh, that that was in the works. Just a question: Do you think that Tua surrounding Tua with all this speed does that work? Does that alleviate some of the shortcomings that they've seen in Tua over two years? I think it's going to really help. I, I do, and I think it's you know I think some people looked at it and said, okay, well, big deal. You got all these guys that can really stretch the field, and he's not really a deep ball thrower. But I, I would come against that and say, well, no, you're going to be able to use those shallow crosses, those slants, those RPOs, and let those guys travel with the football instead of the football traveling to them. Um, I think that is going to help him. And, and you know, people can say whatever they want. And we've talked about Sewer for a couple of years together here, Doug about the lack of kind of those wild plays and the big-time upper echelon throws. But when you can throw a shallow cross or a slant or a bubble to these guys and they can do the rest, you know, that's that's where he's at his best. So um, I actually think it's pretty smart how they've tried to build this up around him with his skill set. Does Matt Ryan have enough left in the tank to take the Colts to a higher level? You know, I, I'm curious to see. I, I'm not quite as bullish on Matt Ryan as I think some others in the media are. Um, I think there has been slippage in his play, and he's you know he's not going to be able to get away from anything. Whatever Carson Wentz and his shortcomings were, which we, they're well documented, at least there was some chances that he could get away if he got beat uh, up front. And Matt Ryan's going to be sitting duck back there, so. You know, I, I'm curious how that how it all comes together. I like the the Colts team. I think the roster's a little bit overrated, um, and I think the expectation that they just drop Matt Ryan in there and he plays like an MVP and they're in the you know they're winning the division in the playoffs. I, I don't know that I'm on that same page. All right, let's get excited. Uh, the Chargers had Khalil Mack. Uh, what is Khalil Mack like when he's opposite Joey Bosa? He just needs to stay healthy, you know, and when he's been healthy, he's been a dominant force and he's going to have an opportunity to get a lot of one-on-ones and he's going to also be playing with the team for the first time in a while with an explosive offense that's going to let him play with the lead, uh, which is, you know, any pass rusher, you know, that's their, their dream is to be on a team with an explosive offense and get to rush. So um, it's all it's all set up for him. And again, it's just going to come down to, you know, crossing your fingers and toes and, and keep him out there for a full 17 weeks. All right, same question with the Raiders. Um, they were the surprising playoff team. They made some key acquisitions, most notably Devontae Adams, but others as well. What do you think of what the Raiders look like as of now before we get to the draft? Yeah, I think they look really good, man. I think they really improved. Um, I, I think that that offense with Josh McDaniels actually fits Derek Carr uh, really well. You know, Hunter Renfro is going to catch a zillion balls, and you bring in Devontae Adams and Waller. That's a that's an impressive group, and you can be physical in the run game uh, as well with Josh Jacobs. So I love that. And then on the other side with Chandler Jones, you know, coming in and, and Max Crosby, it's a good team, man. I, I think you kind of put them at another division, and you'd be talking about all types of buzz for them. Um, it, it's almost like their off season as good as it was. And even with the sexy splash of, of Devontae Adams, it almost gets kind of lost a little bit in, in all the movement we've had. It does. It really, really does. DJ, you're the best, man. I appreciate you joining us. Uh, thanks for being our guest. Thanks, buddy. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. 
Got a lot to get to, man. Man, we're tight on time always just because there's so much good stuff. And Dana Jeremiah was so amazing. Real credit card questions require real people. Someone who understands your issues works with you to resolve them. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Exceptionally common sense. Discover. Um, okay, so it, it does feel like your girlfriend asking this question. But take a listen to Deshaun Watson's deposition when he was asked about one uh, masseuse in particular. That's why I saw it on Instagram. So you think you saw a story that involved her? Definitely possible. Definitely possible. Did you find her attractive? That wasn't my intention, sir. I didn't ask you what your intentions were. I can't answer that. I have a girlfriend, so that wasn't my intention, sir. Okay, so you can't, you can't answer that because you have a girlfriend? Because that's not what I was looking for. What did you want from her? Just a massage. Okay, so for, first, I, I guess the question becomes: Do we have any? Do we have a problem with the questioning? Jay Stu, you got any problem with the questioning? I, I think with these um, with these civil cases, I think there's a little bit more leniency with stuff like this. I, so I don't have a problem with it. I think these depositions for this particular case can can be kind of a I don't know what you would call it. Yeah, more lenience towards those things, the peripheral things. What was your intentions? What did you find her attractive? I think it's an inbounds. Okay, Bayer, are you you in agreement with that? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I had no problems with the questioning. I mean, lawyers are lawyers. What did you think of the answer? Yeah, I thought it was a little, <laughs> a little off base. Sometimes when you're trying <laughs> to cover up something, you pull the blanket to cover that up, and then something else is revealed. Like that's kind of how I felt of of what he did in trying to be like, well, I, I have a I have a girlfriend, and oh, so the girlfriend's the reason why you're saying that she's not attractive. That's kind of the sense that I got. Yes, that that, that was where he, that, I think that's what we all we all heard that, and you you pointed out perfectly. Um, <laughs> I I don't know. Like you would have thought that would have been advised. You would have you would that would have been advised to you, right? Like you know this question's coming. Here's where we're going to answer it, and that's what you came up with, sir. I can't answer that question. I have a girlfriend. Like it's, it has nothing to do with I have a girlfriend. Is she attractive? Is she attractive? I can't answer that question. I have a girlfriend. <laughs> you can't answer that question because you have a girlfriend. I don't know. She's either attractive to you or she's not attractive. There's really no right. There's, there really is no no difference in the two. Um, you factor in the fact that. The release of the taped depositions, the civil suit stuff is going to get probably uglier before it gets uh, put to put to rest. And then and I feel like I'm the only one to point out like dudes got had two torn ACLs. Now, I do know having torn ACL myself that most people will tell you when you tear your knee, if you have it done right, you rehab right, you actually you're you're the graft and that tendon is stronger than the previous one. But he has torn it twice. He does have this off the field, which puts him, however you look at it, it's inarguable that if there's one other ounce of trouble, he's going to be out for a long, long time. Doesn't mean that he's a bad, I, I don't know, good guy, bad guy, weird guy, I don't know any of that. All I can tell you is the reality is one more knee injury is three. 
one more strike against him is three strikes, even though he has zero as of now. And um, so when Steve Bashotti says this, he's the owner of the Baltimore Ravens. I'm trying to answer that when I had the reaction to it, I was like, damn, I wish they hadn't guaranteed the whole contract. This was yesterday at the NFL's league owner meetings. I don't know that he shouldn't have been the should have been the first guy to get a fully guaranteed contract. To me, that's something that is groundbreaking, and it'll make negotiations harder with others. Pat Mahomes is somebody. Justin Herbert is somebody. Um, Aaron Rodgers is somebody. Now, Kirk Cousins had a three-year fully guaranteed contract that then got lengthened, and I guess the, if you like Kirk Cousins, you, Minnesota doesn't like that deal. Matter of fact, they only reworked it because it was so punitive against the cap. So we've seen these work against teams in the past, and then you factor in that they doubled down, gave it to him when he bailed on his last contract, and he's got this stuff. Up. It's, I don't take anything negative from Steve Bashotti's comments. They're wrapped in reality. It's a weird guy to make a fully guaranteed contract for. It's obvious sign of desperation from Cleveland. It points out that Deshaun's lying because he said the contract had nothing to do with him coming to Cleveland. And oh yeah, by the way, oh oh yeah, by the way, um, making him the highest paid completely guaranteed contract having player in the NFL when all this several stuff is still unsettled. It's just a, it's just a bad look. There's no other way to, no other way to say it. Doug Gottlieb show Fox sports radio. Let's get to Adam Kaplan, Fox sports radio, NFL insider cap. What, what are NFL NFL people saying about Deshaun Watson's contract? <laughs> I just got back from the owners meetings and I would say it wasn't positive. Here's what they have an issue with. It's a little bit different than I thought I would get, but it was pretty consistent. Look, if you're going to sign, if Cleveland, you know, trades for him, hey, that they they understand it, they feel Cleveland did their vetting, that that's their business. But to give him a five-year, fully guaranteed deal for a guy with those accusations, now in a civil suit, plus he didn't play last season. They feel uh, multiple teams told me it's a bad precedent. It just sets a bad precedent because now, Doug, here's the deal. If you're Justin Herbert's agent, or if you're any agent that has a young up-and-coming quarterback, you want that exact deal. And if you don't get it, you're probably you might have a holdout. It could be a problem. Clubs are not ready for this. I could tell you, Doug. I'm glad you asked this because that was one of the surprising things when I was just talking to people privately that it came up a lot, and the, the results, were, the, the answers were not good. But again, they're not blaming them for trading for him. They have a real problem with the contract. I, I'm 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 with all I'm with all of it. Even if we all think that they upgraded at quarterback. All right, what now for yeah. Baker? I I mean I guess do, does Baker and Garoppolo are they just both hoping for the type of deal that we saw from uh, uh, Sam Bradford back in the day when he was with Philly? Well, that I, I can't imagine they'd get it. First of all, that one if you remember. Now that here's the difference between the Bradford deal and what we have now. Both the the Niners. And the Browns have time on their side. They don't have to do anything now. They could take this to training camp if they want. You know, ideally, you want this done before you start your OTA program because you don't want them there if they're not going to be with the football team this fall. Uh, particularly Baker Mayfield. He, he, look, that has to happen. Whereas, yeah, there is a scenario. The Niners made it clear that they don't want to have Jimmy Garoppolo back in terms of 
his contract and knowing that they don't want him to be the starter. They want Trey Lance to be the starter. They made a major move up, but they like Jimmy. And they won a lot of games with him. He went to the Super Bowl. But we look at Sam Bradford. Remember that happened. The Teddy Bridgewater situation happened on the cusp of the season, and they had to do something about it. And what did they do? Uh, the Eagles had leverage. In fact, I talked to Rick Spielman, the former Vikings GM, about that recently, and they they felt that they had a great team and they had to do something. So, no, I don't. I don't think it's the same thing. Um, the Niners, I do believe, this time around, where they were not willing to do it for a second round pick next year, uh, last year, I do believe they would take a, a good second round pick for him. Uh, but I don't. I don't think that's happening right now because remember, Garoppolo's coming off of yet another bad injury. He ha- he's having. He's had major left shoulder surgery, uh, and that that doesn't help the situation. Whereas with Baker Mayfield, yes, he also had left shoulder injury, and I'm told he didn't have just one injury last season. He had three or four. Um, you know, the, the thing is, there they've already committed to Deshaun Watson, and that's just look. It, it has that has to happen. And, and understand something, Doug. Any team trading for. Uh, Baker Mayfield has leverage because they know they know that he has to be moved. No question. Um, okay, let, let's get to the Packers. Any sense of what the Packers' plan is at wide receiver? <laughs> uh, it's funny, uh, Matt Lafleur. The the uh, although I'm told by the way they made it. They tried to bring back Mark, Marquez Valdez Scantling. They really wanted him back, but he signed a pretty good deal with, with the Chiefs. Uh, they're going to do something in the draft. Uh, pretty significant. Uh, I, That'll happen. Remember, they got pretty good compensation here uh, now for Devontae Adams, so they'll do something. Now, left on the street, the top receivers have been picked over, uh, so you're having secondary receivers. But, you know, right now it's really unbelievable. It's funny you bring this up. I was talking to someone in the league about that. They have one of the worst rosters now at the wide receiver position in the National Football League. Now that they trade Devontae Adams, it's weak. It's bottom five. There's no question about it. And you have to wonder how Aaron Rodgers feels about that. You'd have to think that he knew, right? You have to think that they had a plan and they told him, here's the plan. And this couldn't possibly be the plan. There has to be, there has to be another step in the plan. Isn't there? Well, he, understand this. So they wanted to keep Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams wanted out. And it just didn't end the way that they wanted it. Um, Devontae's you know, from the West Coast. He played with Derek Carr in college. They're very close friends. And, yeah, the, the, the Packers have this draft bounty now. They could start rebuilding the receiver core. They've got a lot of work to do there. Um, they got a little bit of work to do in, in, uh, on their defense, uh, also on their offensive line. So they've got some work to do. Uh, I'm going to be fascinated to see which receiver. They'll draft at least two receivers this year. I'm, very, I'm interested to see because, Doug, you and I will be together, I'm sure, uh, much before the draft. This is maybe, and this is my 19th year covering the National Football League, this is probably the deepest year in, at receiver for the draft. But what I will tell you, it's not super deep on high-end players. It's just super deep where you can get maybe potentially a good start in the third round. Yeah, that, that part's going to be interesting, right? Especially for a team that hasn't really drafted early round wide receivers. What do they do and how do they handle that, uh, that, that, that draft bounty? Um, okay, I'm intrigued by the Raiders. They seem hmm. to be going for it. You got a new regime. Uh, you got a, guy, a coach who thinks he's learned from his past mistakes. What do people think about what the Raiders are doing in trying to reform themselves? Yeah, and they're, 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 I'm, I'm not saying like they're, they're desperate here, but they were very aggressive in free agency. There's no question about that. You got the Adams trade where they gave a good draft bounty. Um, you, unfortunately, you know they have a secondary that needs to be rebuilt uh, because some of the picks that Gr- John Gruden made, you know, over the years, uh, go, really from his first year. Um, so they kind of have to rebuild that. Uh, they need more pass rushers. They, 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 they did uh, get the, they got one deal done with one of their DNs, but. 
Uh, you know, corner not good. They got Rocky Yassin from the Colts, who had been a disappointment as a former second round pick. Uh, they kind of have to reshuffle their, their offensive line. It's, it's just not great. But they'll be a better team. I, I think they'll be a better team. By the way, they'll be better coached at offense. Gruden did not do a great job. Let's, let's call it like it is. Um, he, he could have done a better job. And Joshua Daniels is, to me, a better scheme designer. And I think he'll get more out of Derek Carr than uh, he ever could get, that John Gruden could get, uh, quite frankly, out of Carr. Yeah, that, I mean, it's, it's interesting because people think of John Gruden as such a, uh, a great scheme designer and play caller, but the truth is that a lot of his stuff is, was seen as a little bit dated in comparison to kind of some of the new stuff, and McDaniel's been doing it for a long, long time. Um, there, as, there's only one guy, but he also was the guy who said Brady was going to Tampa, who says that Brady wants to go to Miami. Any truth to that? I will tell you this, though. There is definitely some talk about how something could be orchestrated. Uh, remember now, Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, is a Michigan graduate. This is the guy who tried to hire Jim Harbaugh undercover while he still had a head coach. Um, I, I believe uh, I believe there's some truth to that that uh, that uh, Pro Football Talk put out. There's been and and of course Steve Ross denied. Um, trying to hire, hire Harbaugh again. He said he was staying out of it this time, which I think was comical. But, um, no, there's something to that. Uh, there's something to that. But it was I don't know about the latest iteration of that, but I do believe there's something to that. Um, but it, it just that the timing didn't work out. It, it's kind of interesting. And, you know, if, by the way, we haven't talked. You and I have not been on the air together since their latest to the big Tyreek Hill deal. If you want to talk about pressure, it's not on the new head coach, Mike McDaniel. It's on the quarterback, Tua. Tongue of Iloa. There's unbelievable pressure because he is not a good downfield thrower, and they have they have the best speed at the wide wide receiver position by far right now in the National Football League. Uh, conversely, you have the Kansas City Chiefs that used his hmm. speed to get to four straight uh, conference championship games and a couple of Super Bowls and win a Super Bowl. This it feels like, and Daniel Jeremiah said it. I said it when it happened. It was you got Orlando Brown on a franchise tag. You just couldn't manage that many salaries. But Tyreek Hill was what changed them, what what made them what they are. How do you replace that in Kansas City? Yeah, it's a great question. They're, they're, they're searching. They're looking to see who's available, but there's not a lot available on the street or free agency. There's there, there not a lot of – other than Miami, ironically, looking to move Devontae Parker. There's really not a lot of good receivers available. Now, the Seahawks are not shopping DK Metcalf, but remember – But they're, not, but they're not, not shopping him. Right, but understand that word intent that leaves the door open. We'll, we'll have to see how that works out. And the Seahawks typically don't do extensions till the summer, so I, we'll be keeping a watchful eye on that situation because the the the, the word when when Pete Carroll used the words that he did, he, he opened up Pandora's box to get calls on him. So we'll have to see that works out. So um, look, the Kansas City's got now a draft bounty. Uh, they've got a good enough cap space. They are able to do some things. They'll also be in the receiver market. But you make a great point here with Tyreek Hill. He's a game changer. He's the most explosive receiver in the league. I had a defense coordinator tell me the, the two most difficult receivers for his defense to cover. One, believe this or not, but I get it, Antonio Brown, because he's so, he's so hard to stop with his hand usage and route running, and Tyreek Hill, because he's the most explosive receiver could run by everyone. And, it, and the other thing is, and they won't get anyone in the draft like this, best football tracker that you'll have because when the play breaks down with Patrick Mahomes, he could track the football like no other. And that is a problem. You're not going to find anyone like that. Uh, I'm glad you brought this up because this is going to be a problem for them. And they're great at drafting. Brett Feach does a great job at GM along with Andy Reid, but this is going to be hard. It's a great draft, by the way, for a receiver. There's no one, and I mean no one like Tariq Hill in this draft. 
I, I agree with you. Uh, awesome stuff. Welcome back from the meetings. Thanks so much. Make sure to, to, to wash all those clothes and get ready for the NFL draft. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> you got it, man. Thank you. Adam Kaplan, Fox Sports Radio NFL Insider. Could the top pick be on the market in the NFL draft? We'll discuss that next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What up? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Let's get to the press. The press. The press is brought to you by Hustler Turf, the brand lawn care professionals have trusted for years, years and years and years when it comes to premium zero-turn lawnmowers to run their businesses. And for us weekend, Joe's Hustler Turf has a full lineup of residential mowers. Visit HustlerTurf.com. That's HustlerTurf.com for a dealer near you. What do you got? Doug, we got a bunch of NBA stuff, but first we want to start out in the NFL where Lions GM Brad Holmes told the team's website today that they have received some calls about the second overall pick, saying there hasn't been deep talks, but there has been some dialogue about some teams interested in that. Now we're Yeah, I, I saw some missed call I saw some missed calls there, but you know, nobody I didn't hear any voicemails. Nobody leaves a voicemail anymore. <laughs> when was the last time you checked a voicemail? Um I'm guilty of leaving voicemails. I will say that, but do you check your own voicemail? I'll I'll, I'll read the text that is transcribed. So yeah, I've listened I probably need, about need, a week I, ago. I, I need a ruling, Jay Stu. That feels like a no. Reading the text is not listening to a voicemail. That is correct. But he does leave voicemails, so that's interesting. I do now the, the missed call is the voicemail, right? The last like three four years, the missed call is the new voicemail. Uh huh. I don't like texting. I'd rather talk to you or on the phone. I'm not a big text guy. I'm with Dan here. I'm with Dan. Sam's what you on with my Dan? side. You're with Dan with what? I, I'm okay. Listen, sometimes you need to speak something to explain something better. I'm okay with voicemails. I check them. I listen to them. I leave them. No, the, problem, the problem, though, is that he leaves the voicemails but doesn't actually check the voicemails unless there's the text well, version the of it on his phone. The transcription is very handy, but sometimes it'll get messed up and you actually... Some, sometimes well, completely inaccurate. You're like, what in the It's heck? all like gibberish, yeah. <laughs> yes. It's usually yes. them telling me about my car warranty that's expired. That's the usual voicemail that I end up getting. No, that's I lo- true. I love, when you get a call a I, I love when you get a call that says spam risk. Yeah, I'm going to pick up the phone on that one. <laughs> All right. How about some news for the NBA? LeBron James already ruled out for tomorrow's game against Utah because of his ankle injury. Anthony Davis could come back, but could be Friday or Sunday, according to Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports. Cannot get those guys back soon enough. But I do think once they get them back, they'll be okay. They'll somehow sneak into the playing game. They'll probably win the playing game, and then we'll have a fun first-round series where they get eliminated by the Suns again. How about this from Las Vegas? The Oakview Group today officially announced their plans for a brand new sports and entertainment district that would include a 20,000-seat arena that the group is calling, quote, NBA ready, end quote. Okay, how many 20,000-seat brand new arenas does Vegas need? No, I don't know. Is all of championship week going to take place in Vegas? I mean... They're like, we're going to go after every event. <laughs> They're already here. Now, look, this is going to cause MGM to up their game. MGM's place is cool location, but kind of Spartan in terms of as an arena. Mandalay Bay is awesome. A smaller basketball arena. That's where the, that's where the Aces, the WNBA team plays. T-Mobile is an NBA arena ready to go. 
Thomas and Mac, this is they're going to have to throw a bunch of money and redo that one. Because I would guess that part of the entertainment thing is they're going to try and get Summer League. And UNLV better, they better come strong. Now, what UNLV has going for it is they have two arenas, and then they have the practice facility, and then they have the North and South gym. So they have, they have a volume of gyms. But, man, there are a lot of basketball arenas in, uh, in the desert, a, a lot. And there's going to be one more. There'll be one more. Yeah. yeah, coming in the very near future. All right, Doug, how about this from the NBA? A couple of players announcing their intentions to go to the NBA draft. Colorado State forward David Roddy, Wake Forest big man Dallas Walton, Baylor freshman Kendall Brown, and Notre Dame freshman Blake Wesley all making their intentions known they're going to the NBA draft. Yeah, I mean, look, Blake Wesley's going to be a first-round pick. He's a stud. He's from South Bend. Good player. Got to improve as a shooter, but... Tremendous two-way player, athlete defensively, and great finisher. He's going to be a good shooter. I, I like him a lot. David Roddy's interesting. You know, he's. I still think he's going to have to drop probably 25 and playing in the NBA as a small ball big. I think he could use another year. He had a great year at Colorado State. Um, but, you know, he's going to come into the NBA draft, much like the Draymonds of the world, as a second-round pick and have to earn his way. It'll be about the right fit. Do I think that changes year to year? No. Uh, but I don't think there's any negative in him coming back. If if he decides I'm going to come back and I'm going to change my body and refine my game, either way, that's what he needs to do. My buddy Jim Polzine of the Wisconsin State Journal pointed out on Twitter that Wisconsin's Johnny Davis will make his announcement Johnny, tomorrow. Johnny Davis do is going to make his announcement. What about Brad do, Davis? Doing it. Is he going to make his announcement? <laughs> but he's going to be doing it on NBA Today on ESPN. So you don't huh, think a guy? I wonder what he's going to decide. <laughs> Gee, I wonder what's going to happen. I wonder what's going to happen. Uh, spring training action today. Cardinals beat the Nationals. Final score twenty nine to eight. A fifteen run eighth inning for St. Louis. Yeah, that's how I would. I have thought. Felt. I thought. I thought going for too late was a little much. <laughs> Finally, guys, you know Kelly Clarkson changed her name. I did not know that. She was signed. Yeah, well, a fi- legally, she will now be Kelly Brianne, which is her middle name. She'll still be Kelly Clarkson when she does concerts, but legally, she's Kelly Brianne, and that's wait, the press. Wait. Hey, get out there and press! That was the press. Hold up. So in the phone book, she'll be Kelly Brianne. Hold up. Wait a minute. Um, wasn't that already her middle name? Yes, but now it's going to be your last name. Got it. It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio.